Welcome to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, hosted by me, Coach Ben Rosario, featuring the Hoka NAZ Elite athletes, and from time to time, a special guest from the world of running. We talk training and racing, but we also just talk, and we go way deeper than just running. The Midday Treat is your chance to get to know us as people, so follow along and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And now, check out this episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. All right, everybody, welcome to this edition of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, where we're talking with Julia Griffey. Now, full transparency, we did this two weeks ago, (laughs) but we tried to do it on video, and the video camera crapped out on us and we lost the podcast so my apologies to julia but we're two weeks farther into her training segments we have even more to talk about so maybe this this version will be even better and i I think i just got a practice round yeah it was just practice (laughs) it was practice yes so um here's the deal guys we're going to announce what marathon julia is running this fall uh julia as you may or may not know, uh, was 10th place at the Olympic trials in 2020, then joined our team in 2021. No, end of 2020, excuse me, end of 2020, before 2021, uh, and ran, yeah, because the marathon trials were all the way in the beginning of 2020. Then you joined us and then at the, the end of 2020, project. yeah, that's right. You were with us all fall, ran the Marathon Project at the end of 2020, set a PR, ran 229, then kind of all hell has broken loose, which we'll get to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but right now, up front, we want to talk about what marathon you chose this fall and why. So go ahead and make the big announcement. I will be running CIM, which is a USATF champs this year, um, so December, which I took a, a break this summer, which I think we'll get into, but that December timeline really just seemed to be the best option, um, giving me move, coming back to Flagstaff in August or in July and then training um, more time to do a slower build and build up. And there's going to be a lot of good competition at CIM this year. It's a, it's a big race. Um, so, yeah, we thought that was just really going to be the best option for this year. And you've never done it. I've never done CIM, but I've only heard good things. So what do you know about it? What have you heard? Um, downhill, <laughs> you get a little net thing. downhill. Net, net downhill. downhill. Um, the weather's usually pretty good. Uh, usually brings in some pretty fast times. I know before twenty twenty trials, a lot of girls qualified mm-hmm. there with a qualifying time. Um, so yeah, I know our team has had some success there mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, and so all the positive vibes. I'm hoping I carry over to me too. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's great. That's a good starting point, and we will definitely come back to CIM and CIM training, how it's going, and what you're looking forward to over these next few months. Uh, But first, we'll catch up. So we told everybody at the top, you ran Marathon Project 229, what, 11th place. Mm -hmm. That was in December of 2020. Then went home for break, came back 2021, got started, and then you got COVID in February. 
Uh, it was like the very end, so close March. February, March. Okay, March of 2021. And take us through that. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. I moved here. So Tyler, my fiance, husband now, uh, fiance at the time, we moved here in January, um, started training. Things were going good. Moved back because you had been, you had been here in the fall. Yes, yeah. I lived here. He was not here. Yes, so I was just here in the fall for two and a half months, I yep. think, um, living with a teammate and uh, training, and then went home for Christmas. Got all packed up all of our stuff and officially moved here with our dogs in January twenty one. That's right. Um, and yes, then started picking up training with the team and. End of February, I guess, um, got COVID, and we got hit pretty hard with it. It was before vaccines were out, so neither of us were vaccinated, but that wasn't even a thing really at the time. Um, and we both were pretty sick, but I guess I didn't realize how much it really took a toll on me because after a couple of days, I bounced back and went right back into um, thought I was feeling fine. Um, then I had some long-term effects, went to quite a few doctors, around town, went down to Phoenix, got a lot of tests done, and um, they still don't know much about the science around the effects and how to tell with them, but um, from what the doctors were seeing, the best thing they could diagnose me with was long-term COVID. Yeah, I remember that, and, and I don't think you were alone in this among athletes of all levels, but I remember there was some hesitancy on your part to quote-unquote blame COVID. You know, I think athletes have a tendency to want to believe that they can just overcome everything with willpower. Am I am I accurately stating that? Yeah, I still don't really like talking about it um, yeah. because I I don't like excuses and I I I want to take blame for everything. Like I w I didn't perform very well in 2021. It's the bottom line and. It bothered me, and I knew I had a lot more potential than what I showed. And so saying long-term COVID, I didn't want to accept that. I wanted to accept that I could do something to be better. I could beat it. Um, but I went to a lot of doctors, and they all said the same thing. So I had to kind of give myself some grace there and realize that I also had a big life change. I moved to altitude, I got, and then we got pretty sick, and... There was a lot going on, which I think accumulated to me not getting the results that I had expected out of myself. You know, and, and, I, and I'm only putting you through this because other people have gone through this too. And so I think it's important for us to share and, and um, hopefully give other people yeah. a chance to cut themselves some slack. And, and one of the things I remember and I wish we could have done differently is I think both of us, Jenna, you know, our whole staff, your support group, you know, people that know you wanted there to be like an end. Yeah. Oh, okay. She feels better. Oh, that workout was good. We're done with that. Yeah. And then there'd be a regression. Yes. And so it's sort of ebbed and flowed. Is that fair? Yes. And I think once... That um, was frustrating, by the way. Yeah. Um, that was the hardest part is I would have these really great workouts. And I, it wasn't like I felt sick in my day-to-day -day life. Like, yeah. I was healthy. That was so was, confusing. Yeah. So, like, I was fine. I could go for runs. I could... But I would just get tired so easy and so out of breath and, like, times that I would hit easily just, like, weren't coming. And then I would have, like you said, like, a couple workouts that just went... I knocked out of the park and we were like, all right, this is good. And then I would like seem to regress. And I kept um, like blaming myself for everything, saying that I wasn't doing something right. I, yeah. could, I could have done better or more. But they, I think the Arizona Sun, I did a little article with them 
and it was shared. And the amount of people that I had reach out about the similar experiences they were having and like what they were going through, that helped me to not only feel better about myself, but like also I shared what I was doing with each of them. And I was like, this is what I've done. This is what I found. This is how I feel. And there were some people that were elite level that stopped running for three, four, five months because they were just like, we can't figure it out. And like, so it definitely was um, good to share, I think. And it's a good thing to talk about. But I also was like you said, didn't want to blame it on that and was kind of just like, trying to own it myself and then trying to figure out like there was no end you don't know if there's an some people get over it in a week and they run a race the next weekend and they're fine and you're just like well what the hell's wrong with me (laughs) so that's been the hardest part i think what um what was there a moment or or are we still in this uh but was there a moment where you finally came to peace with it or, or or is the process sort of still ongoing I think it's still ongoing I think like the more I talk to people like I said other people had experiences and I shared my experiences and just actually opened up to admitting that there was something there yeah. um I think helped but I still it's it's weird to talk about because you're like oh, you don't go to a doctor and they're like, okay, your fracture's healed. Yeah. It's like your bone's back together. You can go out and run. Yeah. Like it, That's not how it works. And some days you feel fabulous and you run really great. And then some days you don't. And I think that's been the hardest thing with not just me, everyone. Yeah. Like some people have been like unable to go for two-mile runs when they're nor- normally running 50 miles a week or something. And it's been a, a very different experience for a lot of people. Well... This summer, I know, we finally said, look, this time when we take a break, we're going to take a better break. Because, look, I mean, like you said, there's no template. The the doctors don't have an answer, which is frustrating. But one thing we know about all sorts of injuries is they need – you need to recover. You need to rest. And so talk about the break you finally took this summer, going home, sort of mentally and physically, because I think this is, could be advantageous for people, uh, before you came back and, and, and got going for, for this fall. Yeah. So to preface, um, I don't do well with breaks. You, um, as my coach, have told me multiple times, like, take an off day and yeah. stuff. And, like, that's – I have been one, even, like, before I joined the team, just, like, go, 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 go. Um, so I don't shut down very well, but – after training so hard for grandmas and putting a lot of time and effort and miles into that and then just getting sick and not being able to do it, I just was like, after that, I was like, okay, if the best thing you can do right now is take a break, then take a break. So I, yes, I was home in St. Louis training, hoping to get like that humidity training. And then we decided not to do grandmas um, just for health reasons. I yeah, didn't run the longest break I've taken from running, I think, because knock on wood, I don't get a lot of injuries. So, and everyone I think needs a break at times. And I didn't have to, didn't have like a fracture that I had to take a break. It's more of a mental break and then just letting your body recover. Um, and so, yeah, I had a pretty bad sinus infection and head cold and all that going on. So I just stopped running for two and a half weeks and then like very, very slowly started running more. Um, but it was really good, I think, to be home because here in Flagstaff, I'm surrounded by the team and professional runners everywhere. Um, and so I would have been very upset 
taking like that longer break, but being home with family and friends and just doing a total shutdown, I think was very good for a mental state. I think state. I said at one point, just be 29 years old. It's okay. Yeah. Just like <laughs> have fun. Don't worry about that. You yeah. have to get up at 6am for a run and do all the recovery. And you were like, um, yeah, you're like, go out, have fun. do yeah. the, And I think that was the advice I needed to take. Um, and it was good. It was, um, really good to be surrounded by like family and friends. I, Felt like I was busy, but it was like social busy. Yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't training busy, which is a totally different yeah, thing. It is. And one of the things that's always been good for you and hopefully has been a positive during this whole time is that you do have another job besides yep. running. So you work for Panera and you work um, remotely now. Yes. And how many hours a week do you put in? What, what is your What is your job with the company? Yeah, so I just hit my seven-year mark. Um, so I came out of college, got my master's, moved home to St. Louis, and started applying for jobs and got a job at Panera, which is headquartered in St. Louis. A lot of people don't know that. So that's how I started there, and I thought I'd be there for a couple of years and then um, move up to move on to a different company and just, like, it'd be my first job out of college. But um, I actually ended up getting a few promotions and um, moving to a different side. And so now I'm on the uh, franchise project team. So we I roll out projects to our franchisees, which are across the whole country. Um, and COVID was a blessing in this way that I was going into the office five days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, and then COVID hit and we all had to work from home and learn how to work from home. And then I got the opportunity to join an AZ and I was just like, I'm in, like, I only get this opportunity once. I called my boss at Panera and was like, I'm putting in my two weeks. I'm done. Um, I want to try, I want to try this running thing. I wanted to be on this team. I want to be in Flagstaff. And he was just like, okay, what can we do to work with you here? Um, is there any way you could stay on part-time? You showed the last year that you can um, work remote. Like, we weren't going into the office anytime soon. Like, this was yeah. still during COVID. Um, so that was – I was very, very grateful for that because it did allow me to have a second income and keep my mind, like, I'm not someone that can – I don't take naps. I don't sit around very well. So I think I needed that second job to keep yeah. me busy. And um, I think a lot of people in the running world actually – that have other jobs or side things or do even just coaching. And um, it's something good that if you are injured or on a break, you have something to keep you going outside of running. So, yeah, I still work for Panera. Um, title is Senior Manager Franchise Program Management. Um, so that's a long one. But it's really nice that I get to work remote. Um, I'm on calls during the day, uh, video calls a lot of the time. But they really work with my schedule. They know that running comes first, practice comes first. I run seven days a week and I lift tw twice a week. And so they know that all that is like my priority. And then I'm also able to keep my job. So it kind of just structures your day in such a way that you're never really bored. Yeah, I don't get bored and I don't get so focused on like run if I wasn't working I'd probably be like okay so should I be going to the gym over analyzing like, how did the workout go yeah 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 and like I, should I be rolling out should I be stretching should I be doing like what can I be doing now and I think it kind of calms me down a little bit <laughs> yeah no it makes total sense 
Um, so send your Panera uh, comments and complaints to Julia. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> I, I get people like texting me like, oh, my sandwich was right now. Like, I have no control over that. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm a big Frontega, cha- Frontega chicken sandwich person. That's my favorite. Well, I'm trying to get them to get a Panera and Flagstaff. Yes. I mean, I get 50% off. I really When I was in deal. St. Louis, Julia, I... Had so many business meetings at Breadco. Of course, we call it Breadco in, yeah. St. in St. Louis. But, uh, oh, my gosh, yes, yes, I ate a lot of Panera. Um, anyway, okay, I digress. Uh, <laughs> in addition to, and we brought this up on the podcast that never saw the light of the day, you also did some work for the St. Louis Cardinals back I, back then. What, what was that? That's very unique. Um, yes, that was, like, before I joined this team, Probably my favorite job. But uh, I worked for the St. Louis Cardinals for five years. I was on Team Fredbird, um, which, not to be confused with cheerleaders, a lot of people call us the Cardinals cheerleaders, but if you've ever seen me dance or cheer, you know that's not the case. Um, But we really just did a lot of the video promotions. So during the game, when you see on the big screen the people with the microphone and playing the games, on the field, on the dugout, shooting the T-shirts into the crowd. That was mainly what we're known for, I guess. But, um, no, it kept me very busy. Uh, For five years, I went to 80 home games a year um, and worked every single Cardinals game on top of working at Panera, um, on top of running. So I kind of lived a crazy lifestyle for a while, but it was – I was out of college, young, um, making some money doing it, and I love – the Cardinals, like I grew up a Cardinals fan. I grew up going to games all the time. So the fact that I got to call it a job and go to the stadium every day, um, it was a lot of cool experiences. So what is your take right now on the Cardinals this year? Um, I'm sad that I am not on the team anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's been a few years since I retired, I guess, from that job. But um, they're hot right now. They're looking good. I don't want to jinx it, but playoffs could be really good. Yeah. Albert's back, Wayno's back, Yachty, like the team, just like the OGs are all together. Yes. Um, Albert's going to get to 700. I know it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Three, three to go. <laughs> yes. So, no, it's um, the team's looking good, and I'm really excited for playoff season. We got to be careful playoff season. You can't be staying up too late. I know, but we're West Coast time. Yeah, it helps. Which helps so much because I, in St. Louis, even like when they were playing elsewhere and I would try to watch a game like I'm an early bed I usually yeah. go to bed by like nine o'clock so working to these games till 10 and 11 um I think it took its toll on me because I cannot stay awake past 10 o'clock anymore the yeah. games have to be early <laughs> that's funny well you guys are a big sports family because your husband Tyler played NCAA division one basketball at the University of Illinois yeah you were a big soccer star at University of Southern Indiana yep. and then only ran your senior year yeah so First of all, Tyler, having played at Illinois and then having played professional basketball in Austria, I assume he's got to be more understanding than the typical spouse in terms of doing what you're doing. Yeah, so when it got this opportunity came up, um, yeah, he played four years at Illinois, had a great career there, went to play in Austria for two years, had a professional contract over there, um, actually had a third year offer, but he got a job offer in St. Louis during that time and ended up saying goodbye to basketball and um, taking that like career job in St. Louis, which worked out great because he's still with the company. But um, So when this came up and I said, I'm going to leave Panera and do this running thing. Um, it was 
of course you have to look at like, oh, like the money difference and the 401k and like all that stuff going through your head and like a corporate job versus this. But he was like, let's do it. Like, this is your chance. He's like, I had my chance. I did my thing. I, I played professional. Like I got to chase my dreams for a couple of years. He was like, it's your turn. And he was like, let's go. And like, first thing he said was, let's do it. Like, what, what do you want to do? So he's been on board since day one, he moved to Flagstaff. Flagstaff is a very running community. He is not a runner. He's six foot eight. Um, so running is not his (laughs) passion, but he was excited to be here. He didn't know anybody. And moved all the way out here and he just wants to see me do well and he wants to see me perform well and enjoy running so that's been great and it seems like you guys do a lot of things together i see on instagram story you go to the grand canyon you go to these different cool little outdoorsy places and and have you guys kind of found a way to make a home here yes so we i mean arizona is beautiful and there is so many hidden gems and we both always just say like regardless of this opportunity or what it is, but like, we're just glad we got out of St. Louis because it's such a Midwest thing. You know, your friends and your family are in the Midwest. You're born there, you live there, you move back there. Um, And so we're like, there's just so much to see and do in Arizona that's less than an hour or two hours drive from Flagstaff. So um, we, yeah, we try to get out as much as we can. And like, we're both very like, athletic i guess and into being outdoors and um so it's a great place to and you have the two dogs and we have two dogs that require a lot of activity um they're two big dogs so they love to be outside they love it here they would go hiking and walking all day every day if we let them so yeah very cool very cool and so back to your college experience uh and we've talked about this before and it's been shared on on different um interviews and such, but but I think it's worth revisiting one more time, uh, particularly if somebody's listening who, who doesn't know a lot about you yet. You were not a runner in high school. You played just about every other sport, but you didn't run. And so what what was that, what was your sports career like growing up? And then, you know, why did you choose Southern Indiana? Why did you choose soccer? Yeah, so I played um, high school basketball and high school soccer, uh, state champions in both. Just want to throw <laughs> that out there. Um, so we won state my senior year in basketball and my uh, junior year in soccer. But um, yeah, and so then when it came to choosing college, I was looking around um, actually at both because I played travel basketball like AAU my whole life. So like basketball was a huge part, but um, really I just – I was, I was set on soccer by my like senior year. I knew I wanted to play soccer and I went to visit a lot of schools, um, kind of all over. And then university of Southern Indiana just offered a good scholarship and, you know, money talks and then, um, free education. And I also like was really set on the GLVC conference. It was the highest conference for D2. And I was like, I, and everyone kind of thought that was weird that I was set on that, but you could still get scholarship money and, it was somewhere where I went in and I started as a freshman. Yeah. And then I was captain my junior and senior year and I played all four years. Yeah. And that was kind of the experience I wanted. Where, as if you talk to Tyler, my husband, he was like, I wanted to play at the biggest and best school in the conference like that I could. And like that wasn't, I did not have that goal. I wanted to go somewhere where I would play and I'd get, um, make a name for myself. And that's what I did. And Southern Indiana was a big school. It's like, I mean, not big school, but it had 10,000 students. So, yeah. Um, bigger than some of the small, smaller schools I looked at. And then um, 
yeah, they had a great business program, and that's what I was majoring in, and they had a good college of business, and it was... It wasn't too far from home. Three hours yeah. outside of St. Louis, so I yeah. could go back if I needed to, but yeah. I wasn't right there. And your parents could come see you play. Yeah, they came to, like, almost every game because we played all around the Midwest. So yeah. we would play Friday, Sunday um, games, and, yeah, my parents, they, they loved that they could come and watch that, um, watch all those games and they would even come to like the home weekends and say the weekends in Indiana. And then, yeah, I didn't start running until it was my fifth year. I was getting my master's and I had used four years of college soccer Mm -hmm. eligibility and the cross country and track coach, um, who I credit from me ever finding running Mike Hilliard. Like if it wasn't for him approaching me and asking me, I mean, he literally just saw you running. Yes. On campus. I said, who is that? I would like to have this person run on the team. Yeah, it was – I was running – so soccer ended. We lost in the finals, and we didn't make it to the national tournament. So I was just, like, depressed. I'm like, I played soccer for the last 19 years of my life. What do I do now? Um, And so I was just running around campus to stay in shape. And there was actually a guy on the cross-country team who I had classes with, and he was like – what are you running? And I was like, oh, I just run six miles. And he was like, why? And I was like, to stay in shape. And he was like, you run this faster than a lot of girls on our team do. And then he was talking to Hilliard, who went to my soccer coach and said, like, hey, how was Julia and like the running? And she goes, and this was always a strength of mine was fitness. Like I came in and my coach told him that my soccer coach told Hilliard the story of we did a two mile time test every year as like one of our fitness tests. And the goal of the team was if you could finish and still see Julia, you made it in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. So then after that, he approached me and was like, hey, I would like you to come try out for the team. And I was like, I've never, ever stepped foot on a track. Like, yeah. never even been to a track. Um, my high school didn't have one. Like, um, any, I didn't do it in grade school. I did volleyball, softball, basketball, everything else. But um, And then I went to do a tryout with the team, I guess. I did a three-mile, like – tempo run and I just beat every girl on the team and that's So this would have been your fourth year. Yeah, so it was the very end of my fourth year that so it was like November of my senior year. Yeah, because you were gonna go study abroad. I did. In the the second semester of your yes. fourth year. So he, he kinda talked you into it, but then you left. Yeah. So he <laughs> approached me, asked me to do it, uh join the team I kind of thought he was crazy, didn't really think this was going to work out. And then um, there was a preseason indoor meet. That so like was December of your fourth year. December, yes. Yeah. And so I, w- I was leaving January 3rd through May 15th and living in London. Yeah. I was going, money was paid, everything was set. Um, and the reason I had to do that was because I had soccer every year and my coach – my soccer coach at the time said, I don't want you studying abroad during yeah. the season. Yeah. <laughs> so this was your chance. This was my last semester of college. I was graduating in May. Um, soccer had ended. So I had that ability to go over to Europe. And um, and I did. But I remember the first time I stepped on a track was that December. Hilliard was like, there's a one-mile race that's pre-meet for the GLVC conference. Yeah. And I... Went to it, and I remember I had no idea how to line up on the line. I was so confused. I was so scared, and I ended up winning the race, (laughs) and it was my first time on a track. And then after that, he was like, 
if you come back here to get your master's, we'll pay for it to do cross-country and track. And so basically my parents were like, you don't pass up a free master's program. Yeah. And I ended back at um, Indiana for a fifth year. That's cool. And then, okay, so this will – you'll I'll set you up to have – you kind of have to brag. But so what did you do that first year in cross-country? How, how good were you? Um, I was the only girl in, like, years to make it to nationals. Um, the team did not make it, which was pretty sad for a lot of the girls that had been training. Yeah. But I finished second at regionals. So they took the top three teams and then the top three individuals. So I finished second in the region in cross country. And then I went to nationals and finished, uh, 10th at nationals, um, and top 40 are all American. So, but what, like, (laughs) like, how crazy was the national meet because you've never i mean you didn't experience the state high school meet you didn't experience these big invitationals on saturdays that that all the high school runners experience you know going through that phase of their career obviously you had had some some okay meets along the way but having run division two i know that the national meet is so it's so superior to all the regular season meets i mean was it overwhelming or yeah i Got there and I had no idea that cross country meets were actually that big. Yeah, now that I I've mean, people in, go nuts at that thing. Yeah, now that I've been in the sport for a few years, I'm like, okay, like this is that was like normal. Like cross country is normally that big, but that wasn't a crazy experience for me. And I remember where was the meet? Um, is in Louisville. Okay. Um, which is a pretty common course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty famous course. So, um, I went there and we took two buses and there was twelve of us because the, the guys, guys team, team made it. Yeah. The guys, coaches, and me. So <laughs> yeah. out of twelve people, there was one girl, and that yeah. was me. And but the the guys team was awesome, and the coaches were awesome. So like everyone was super helpful. But like I still had been in three cross country, four cross country races at the time. So yeah. like didn't really know. Um, I mean, I won conference and I got second at regionals. So I was like, okay, I I like this sport. Um, I kind of know what I'm doing. But then, yeah, getting there to the um, nationals, I was like, oh, my God. There's yeah. so many people here. Yeah. Um, and the course was muddy. Okay. Uh, it rained the day before. And so it was super muddy. Um, and I just remember going out, and I had, like, no plan. Like, yeah. I just was running. Um, and it turned out pretty well. It did. It did. And then indoor track, you got what place? Um, I was meet? seventh in the indoor 5K. Okay. And then outdoors, you were runner-up in the 10,000. Yes. I was uh, fifth in the 5,000 outdoors and second by one second in oh, the 10K. No. Um, and I just – that bothers me to this day because I know I had, like, so much more. But I still was pretty – that was only my second 10K I had ever done. Yeah. Um. So I still think I could have been a national champion if I just – Get, kicked it a little better but um this still for my first my time really doing a 10k it was fun and you so but like because it all happened so fast and it was just one year i feel like having talked to you before about this that was just it then you were just gonna move on yeah and, and i i think about it now that i'm like involved in this I didn't know there was a running world outside, yeah. after college. Yeah. Like for soccer. This, this person was not on letsrun.com looking at nerdy message boards. No, I didn't know letsrun.com was a thing. I didn't know any professional runners. You could, I couldn't name one. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there was running teams. I didn't know anything. And I, I, I wish I did because I think I would have chased that dream right out of college and like kept the momentum going. Where, But I can't 
discredit the success I had in St. Louis either. But I, I moved home and running became a fun thing again. Like I, I was running for fun, training on my own. I did a half marathon and met a team. And like, I don't know if we're going to get into that, but like. No, know. we absolutely should because that that is an interesting uh, that's the that's the next interesting phase of your career running wise, if you will, in that it wasn't the typical thing that most people do. Most people who want to continue running, they get out of college, they try their best to join. I mean, the very very top people, of course, get get recruited and whatnot, and 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 maybe that next year down searches for the right place for them so that they can get to that level. But you didn't do any of those things. You just went into the corporate world, got the job at Panera. Took the job with the Cardinals that same era, right? Yep. And but but kept running, which I think ended up being key because you kept running at least for fun, which kept you in shape. Then when you joined this team, then you kind of got on that path again of doing workouts and actually trying to run faster and faster and faster. What what age were you when you kind of started taking it fairly seriously again? Um, I would say that was like 2016, 2017. So about five, like 25. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think like if I had known more, I was D2 athlete. So I didn't, I wasn't getting recruited. I ran for one year yeah. and I wasn't getting like all these like um, high recruitments uh, after college. But I wish that I could have done something like, you know, people that are chasing this dream find like a, a, a low level job and try yeah. to run at the same time. But no, I moved back to St. Louis and this was uh, 2015 when I was back in St. Louis. And I, I just ran for fun for like that whole year. And then 2016, I met um, this team and I was 24 at the time. And then I started running half marathons and then I ran a couple and I like won them in St. Louis and then I got faster. And that's when my coach was like, I really think you should train for a marathon yeah. and do a full marathon. Yeah. And then that was 2017 when I started like training for the Chicago marathon. Yeah. And Jason Holroyd was the coach and he did a great job. And you guys together just started on a path that a lot of marathoners do where uh, particularly not to discredit what you were doing at the time, but particularly that level yeah. where it's like, cause at that level, at that time you were sort of at that level, like, you know, maybe, maybe qualify for the trials, you yeah. know, that, that, that's like, that's a level. There's a lot of people at that level. Um, of course you got even farther than that, but, um, when you, what was the moment where you were like, okay, this is really cool. Was it Chicago? Yeah, it was after Chicago. This when... would have been like 2018 Chicago or 17. I did Chicago 2017. Okay. Um, and I trained for it and I took it serious. And Jason was my coach at the time and he's a great coach, but I still didn't really fully understand the running world. And yeah. like, he was like, you can qualify for the Olympic trials. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Whatever. Like, yeah. whatever you say. And we trained and then I ran Chicago and I ran 238 and that qualified like by seven minutes at the yeah. time for yeah. what the trials qualifier was. And I was like, I have three years until 2020. Yeah. And I just did that off of a little bit of training. And um, Jason ran the whole race with me. And he was like, that's my marathon PR. <laughs> I just ran my marathon PR. And so I was like, okay, that's when it like clicked to me that I wanted to actually keep training. Because before that, I mean, I still kept both jobs. Yeah. So I still worked Panera, Cardinals, still... And then did running, 
But I also t- started taking my running more serious yeah. come like 2018, 2019. Now, 2018, you ran that crazy Boston uh, yeah. in, the, in the pouring down rain. And I hated that year so much. <laughs> I hated that it, it, whole experience. Well, at least you didn't quit after that. Okay, then we were lucky that you stayed with it. Yeah, I um, uh, woke up in a medical tent, um, finished the race. Not very fast, but I finished it. Um, woke up in a medical tent and... That was not an experience that I was uh, <laughs> hoping to have forever. That was a little rough. That was a little rough. But you, by the time 19 came around, the fall of 19, now you knew you were in the trials. You knew those were going to be in February. Mm-hmm. But you chose to run the Twin Cities Marathon in the fall of 19. Uh, and then you ended up winning the Twin Cities Marathon. Was that the goal? Like how... Did you, did you and Jason know going into Twin Cities that that was a possibility or was that yet another thing that sort of just happened to you um, without even you realizing what was going on? Yeah, that was definitely not the goal. <laughs> um, we had a spring marathon picked out actually because Jason thought maybe like give like one marathon in 2019 a year out yeah. and then do like halves and training still before the trials. But um, I had fallen on black ice in the winter in St. Louis um, and just busted my knee wide open. And I um, had some pretty bad damage done there. So I had to take quite a bit of break from running, um, which I think is like my only real running injury I've had. (laughs) But it's not um, even really a running injury as we think of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so then I wasn't able to do the LA marathon and you're okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, I didn't do that one. So then we wanted to do a fall one. Um, and we had heard good things about Twin Cities. We And that's early. Yeah, and we thought about like Indy, but then that was kind of later. Yep, yep. And we wanted to do one earlier in October um, and didn't want to do Chicago again. Um, and so we decided on Twin Cities. Got lucky when we got there. It was beautiful weather. The goal, though, that day was hit the A standard. So I had run 238 and the A standard was 237. And so the goal was to run sub 237. And Jason was like, you can, you can easily break 236, 235. And I was like, I don't know. I just really want to hit that A standard. Um, And I knew I could, but we took the race out very like, I mean, not very conservative, but pretty conservative. Like there was a pack of 10 girls that went ahead. And, um, I remember one of them was Dakota, who's just like on a tear right now. Yeah, she's now. crushing. Yeah. Um, but Dakota uh, Linworm, you're talking about. Yes, yeah. and um, she was up there in the front pack, and then there was just then we the group of girls like kind of split into two, and um, again Jason was running with me, and I just felt really good, and he had to remind me to be like, take a chill. Take a chill. And so I kept it pretty chill through the first half, and I was like laughing, and then caught that second group of girls, and then one by one just started picking them off. And then it was Dakota, the only one in front of me. And I was like, well, there's only two miles left, and I feel great. So I just um, caught, and I ended up running 231, which was a seven-minute PR, (laughs) um, and won the race. And then at the end, they were like, grabbed me and they were like oh we have to go do a drug test and then they were like here's your prize money we'll write you a check for this and i was like drug test prize money like what is all this stuff (laughs) i've never experienced it um but that was so that was really fun uh i know it was it's not like a new york or anything like that but it was it was a pretty big marathon it's a big deal yeah Yeah. and um and it's really fun 
Yeah, and the yeah. people there were so nice. People are awesome. And everyone was great. Um, and my parents were there. Their friends were there. And they didn't um, know you were going to win. They didn't expect you to win. No, no, no. Yeah. Not at all. Um, and my mom actually had to be the one because Jason was like my coach, my agent, I guess, at the time. And so he, but he had to like get on a flight that day and we were staying with my parents' friends. And so my mom had to be the one um to be like my witness for the drug test yeah and she was like sitting in there and like seeing what like all these people this? come out with like pee cups in their hand <laughs> and she's like what is going on like it was a whole new world for them <laughs> yeah totally that's so cool well then so that was this big surprise then to continue that same theme basically the same thing happens again at the trials yeah so 2020 trials come around february only a few months after twin cities i assume you had a smooth transition from twin cities into the trials segment yeah so after um twin cities actually my family and tyler like we went to hawaii and we took like a little i took a little break there um you're learning that these breaks are good yeah <laughs> i was still every ran... time you've told me you've taken a break the next thing has been very good <laughs> um i i did take a break there and it, i mean i still ran because i was like i'm in hawaii and this is beautiful but it was like four miles a day yeah. or something um and then yeah we just started building back up and then i ran houston uh, that January yep. the half and had a PR there, like a two minute, two something PR in the half. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of kept the momentum going into the trials. And really the goal of the trials was to just, I was like, I think ranked like 24th or fifth going in and kind of just see how long I could hang with the lead pack and just go with it and yep. kind of have fun at the race and um, finish 10th So <laughs> with a PR. I, I've talked to you about this before, but it's just worth revisiting. When, when that race got going and the pace wasn't crazy hot, obviously you had to make a decision and you chose to run with the front pack, which obviously ended up being a good choice. Were, were there moments... Where, because by that time you did know who some of these people were. Yes, I assume. Oh yeah, I was getting into the marathon world then, so like I knew exactly who Kellen Taylor was. Yeah, you knew <laughs> Kellen Taylor, Alphine yeah. uh, stuff, but uh, well, also like Emily Sisson, Sarah was... Hall, Des. So you're in that pack with all of those women. Was there? Were, were, were you able to have moments of wow, this is pretty cool? Oh, before the race, I remember specifically. So they had like the top fifteen, I think started on the on the line so like sarah hall steph alphine molly huddle like everyone's name emily sisson like those girls got announced and then the next group was the next group and like i was the top 10 after that yeah so i was like on this line just like watching all of them get announced yeah. i was like wow those the girls are really cool <laughs> yeah 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 um and um i remember yeah like jordan Hase was right there and i was like okay i'm just gonna like follow this pack yeah um but Jason at the time said, just go with them. And I was like, oh, Jason, I'm not on that level. Like yeah. the, these girls are on another, another level. And he was like, they're going to go out slow. Yeah. Start with them. Yeah. He was like, stay with them. And he's the one who just kept saying that to me before the race. And I was like, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't have the confidence yeah. that I could hang with them. I, yeah. I was definitely like a marathon fangirl now at this point. I've done a couple of them. I'm more in the sport. So I knew who they were. Um, yeah, it's almost a detriment in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... Naive Tay goes a long way. Yeah. And um, I... So, yeah, I was definitely like, this is really cool. But then I kind of in the race was like, I don't remember even like... I remember looking at the first mile and being like, oh my God, we are running slow. Yeah. Um, but then 
never looked at my watch like the rest of the race, which is oh, something I need to tell myself nowadays. Yeah. I'm trying to learn, but like I was just running with the pack, and I think if I hadn't pulled my hamstring like mile 18, I think I would have ran with them longer. Like yeah. I actually was just talking to my friends about that, and I I show the picture. Um, cause we have so many pictures after that day. Um, and there was like one where like, you can just see in my leg, I'm like in pain and I'm like, Oh, I just, I just felt so good running with that pack and that made it so fun. Yeah, totally. Totally. So you finished 10th and then what happens after the race? And then Tyler in front of 50 of my family and friends and also a bunch of random strangers proposes. <laughs> <laughs> and he had planned that, of course, obviously, beforehand, not knowing that you would finish in the top 10. Yeah. So, I mean, the day was pretty crazy. Yeah, and I, I had a lot of my friends and family there, which is awesome. Um, and they all had, like, these shirts on that said Conan, and I was like – at first, I was like, okay, I guess everyone's just, like, bored and wants to come watch a marathon. Like, I was like, why is everyone here? I invited everyone. I was like, anyone wants to come to Atlanta? And everybody came. Yeah, but I'm like, my friends are not runners. But like, Tyler had told them. Yes. I see. So, they were coming to see the proposal. They didn't care about the race. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I thought it was weird, but um, my friend my friend group, we've all been really close. We've been together, like, we met in high school, and we went all went to inaugural high school, and we're still best friends. We have a group text that goes every day, all day. So, like... Yeah. I, and they all were there, and I was like, okay, this is, like, really fun. Everyone, I guess, is because if you put Olympic in front of yes, it, yes. Um, everyone once thought it was a cool experience. But it turns out that Tyler had leaked a, to a couple of my friends. My college group of girls from my soccer team came, and then my high school friends were there, and then all of my family was there, my mom's friends. And, like, so I guess he had told them, like, hey, you might want to come to this. Um, and I asked him after, I was like, I am so crabby, like, if I have a bad race. Like, I'm just, like, in a bad mood. If it doesn't go well, like, what was your plan? And uh, he was like, well, your mom and I had a backup plan. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's good. He knew you. Yeah, he was like. If he it, knew he needed a backup plan. He had a backup plan if the race didn't go well. But luckily, it went pretty good. So. It did go well. It did go well. Well, this is cool because now we're basically back up to where we started. Because after that, it wasn't much longer before you joined the team and then of course we went through last year and and now we're to where we started at the top which was talking about CIM uh you already kind of said why you chose it let us know how training is going now and what you're looking forward to over these next few months yeah training is going really well I'm getting excited because that's a fight officially like the build time yeah. like um we've I mean I've been training for the last month two months for, but now we're getting to the specifics. Um, You're putting in hundred miles a week. The last couple of weeks have been hundred miles a week. Um, I have, we're doing double workouts now. We're doing long runs every Sunday. Um, so training's going really well. I'm actually, the workouts have been good, feeling good, feeling healthy. Um, I'm super excited. We have Nick doing the build too. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, we'll have Nick on soon. Oh, okay. Um, but like, he's been great and like, he did it last year and he's just been super helpful in like talking through some of the training and race aspects. And then like, I, um, yeah, it's just been smooth sailing so far. So I'm hoping the build just keeps growing and, um, I'm going to do, Indie half in November, so that'll be a good like pre-race. That's the November fifth. So that yeah. Indianapolis Monumental Half Marathon, and that'll be how long before CIM? About a month out. Okay, about perfect. one month exactly. Um, and then yeah, so I'm really getting into the thick of it now. So you know, the you're tired, you're hungry, but you're you're excited for the <laughs> workouts. <laughs> what you know, since we've taken 
sort of this ride through this really unique career to this point, as you look to this marathon, because now you've got you've had all these experiences, right? Some of these early ones where you kind of were naive to the whole thing, and then you know the trials, and that went so well. And we we briefly touched on the marathon project where you ran two twenty nine, so you know you're capable of you know sub two thirty. You know that you're capable of running with top people like Dakota, etc. Um, you know, is there anything? good, bad, that you've learned that you're kind of putting into practice in this segment mentally uh, as you approach the training? Yeah, I think um, I'm learning that, like, I didn't have some of my best experience, like, races in 2021. And I think beside, outside of that, like, I raced really well when I'm going in with do your best, put in the work, know you put in the work, but have fun. And, yes. like, the pressure aspect, Yeah, I need to let loose of um and that's where i'm really trying to focus on this build is having fun with every day that you get to be out here like you don't realize what you take for granted until you stop doing it so like when i was on that break from running where i i I wasn't running for weeks it made me be like okay you don't want to be here again where your body is just telling you you can't do something like you want to so kind of just embracing every day with like more excitement and gratitude that you're here um and having fun with it versus like i didn't hit that one second every time and i I put that's totally me doing that um and i feel like you and jenna and alan and everyone are like so supportive like if you don't hit a split they're like all right we're gonna get the next one and i'm the one that's like driving myself crazy about stuff and so that's really been the focus of this build is just enjoy the whole process and be grateful that you're there doing it um and the results will come like I ran my best three marathons when I had no, like, no idea what I was going to run. No expectations, just went out there and did it. So that's kind of how I want to get back to my training and look at it that way. Awesome. And you just got a pair of the new Rocket X2. I did. How do they feel? Um, They feel great. I haven't done an official workout in them, just did some strides. Um, But it's very exciting. You, even like Alephine today in the weight room was like, did you get the shoes? You got the shoes? And I was like, yes, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm just like saving them. (laughs) Um, But no, it's very exciting. Everyone has great things to say about them. So I'm excited that I get to race in them now. Um, And yeah, that should just help everything else that's going on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was really cool. I think it was better than the first one. Because I've got a practice round. We got a practice in. So this this was really cool. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to catch everybody up on what you've been doing. I hope we... um, we let everybody in a little bit and they can be that much more excited about your build up to CIM. Yeah, I hope so. I've, um, build's been good so far, so I'm really excited and hopefully this is a, a good marathon to crush. Go Cards. Go Cardinals. All right. Thanks, Julia. Thanks for listening to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. I'm Addison Rosario, Coach Ben's daughter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NAZ underscore Elite. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on NAZElite.com. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite.